Well, hey, everybody. This is Sarah Ott Deaton with Establisher, and I've got one of my best friends here, Lindsay Snyder, who's come in from L.A. and is doing a bit of a South experience and meeting lots of people and hanging out with lots of old friends. And as we were getting together, we just felt like it was important to talk about the value of the scripture and just even her involvement with Establisher and really how that leads up to this event that we are doing in Atlanta called Esther's Garden and um, just kind of wanted to expound a little bit more on Esther's Garden itself. Um, before we go into this, I know that we probably have listeners that don't live in Atlanta. Uh, we love all you LA peeps and Nashville and Birmingham and Texas and everybody else. And so wherever you are, you are invited to join us in the movement of Esther's Garden, which we're going to talk about. And you can do that, obviously, by praying. We, we really love your prayers and need your prayers to fulfill this vision and mission, which I'll describe in detail in a few minutes. And then we also need your financial support um, to really carry us with this goal in order to get the scripture to women in Ethiopia that have never had it. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, I just want to Thank Lindsay for being here and getting to hang out with us and stay in our home and really wanted you to hear first from her how she got intersected by the Lord with Establish Her, how he drew her in, because it really is is valid um, to the point that scripture is the greatest um, value that she and I believe is, is present. I mean, it's the greatest thing we own. And so she was kind of brought to that revelation through Establish Her in a, in a certain night. So... I'm going to throw it over to her, and then we're just going to kind of go back and forth. This is casual and fun, and uh, we just want to enlighten y'all a little bit on our heart for the Scripture as well as our heart to get the Scripture to women who've never had it. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. This is great. I love being here. I love the South. It's like my spiritual home, so such a gift, such a gift to be here. And thanks for everybody who's tuning in. I would love to share the story of how God intersected me with not only the living word of God, as Sarah talks about it, but with Establish Her. And it was about seven years ago when I had recently met Jesus, probably had known the Lord about a year, and was invited to um, a friend of mine was giving her testimony at a, you know, um, ministry event. I didn't know anything about Sarah or Establish Her, but I went to support my friend. And after hearing my friend's testimony, Sarah prayed. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, who does this girl know? Like, I know Jesus, but I do not know him like she knows him. I mean, she had this love and this adoration and this intimacy that I, I didn't understand. I honestly hadn't seen up until this point. And I just remember thinking, I want to go home and stay up all night and read the Bible because I want to know who it is she knows the way she knows him. Mm-hmm. And that started a journey of, you know, the past really seven years, although I've been in LA for two, I tune into this podcast. Um, so I'm very thankful for that, um, to sit underneath her teaching of the scripture and it, to really, I always tell her it, it, when she teaches it, it comes alive to me and it's mm-hmm. exciting. And it, it's, it's just something that, you know, it, it hard to explain honestly, <laughs> cause it's the Lord, mm-hmm. but it just really, um, it's, I heard it one time said, the reading scripture is like drinking water. Like, you don't really want to do it necessarily, but it's A, good for you, and B, the more you do it, the more you thirst for it. And I really found that in the scripture. So, um, yeah. 
that's that's me (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much Lindsay well it's an honor to have walked life with you for all these years and to see really fruit from your life that only God could do it's not me it's not establish her and yet he does use uh, vessels and he uses people and I believe he uses organizations to facilitate an encounter with himself I think that's the greatest thing that our father wants is to us to have us encounter him in a deeper way to where passion for him is born and I've often said that you know the scripture is really the written word of course but it's it's a means to engage with the living word it's the living word inside the written word that brings people to life and that ignites passion maybe if you're listening to this you did grow up in the church and you're very familiar with the bible um and that's a beautiful heritage that's something to not take for granted that's awesome that you were grown in the the truth of god and in the information about god At the same time, I do think, and I I believe Lindsay is a perfect example of this, as is my life, there is a time at which information goes to revelation, and they're two different things. And you can have a knowledge base about God and about his word, and then all of a sudden, there's this intersection point where his word and his presence and his reality are needed by you, and therefore are valued by you and are encountered by you in a whole different way. And then it changes you. And so, honestly, I think you, Lindsay, are one of the greatest fruits of Establisher to watch this this new heart, this new believer journeying with God for about a year, you know, from Ohio in the South, which is a bit of a culture shock anyways, you know. Here we are in Atlanta, which is the buckle of the Bible Belt in the South, and to watch Lindsay go from this kind of beginning elementary step-by-step walk to then getting in, in, encountered by Jesus through Establisher and through our community and through the teaching that God produces through me. But what's been so amazing is to watch your love for the Word of God blossom. And the more you love the Word of God, the more you know the person of God. They go hand in hand. And so I think... My heartbeat, and I know a lot of the women I get to do life with, we just have a passion for the Word of God because it's more than just ink on a page. It is the breath of God. It is the catalyst. It's the doorway that you engage with a living, breathing person. He is real. He's as real as we're sitting here, and he is indwelling us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And as you and I have even talked about this weekend already, you know, that there is this this beautiful balance that needs to happen between spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. And the word of God provides the truth and the spirit who indwells us illuminates the truth as we read the scripture so that we might have this personal revelatory encounter with God. Mm-hmm. And it's more than information, you know, and so that's really the premise behind Establisher is is to be in the scripture, to be you know women mainly Esther's Garden is an open co-ed event which is our first one of that type but establish her really exists in the in the in the vein of being verse by verse and encountering the living word inside the written word but not doing it just to gain more knowledge about God and I think that's what's so special about Lindsay telling that initial story 
and I'll never forget it was in my parents living room and I, I remember it very distinctly she was sitting on this red couch but never did I know out of that would not only come a best friendship and she was in my wedding and she's a backbone part of Establisher but God was going to light you on fire for himself thrust you into a life of ministry a life of faith lead you to Los Angeles really leads you all over, you know, but land you in Los Angeles and encounter you in a way that your life is completely noticeably different. Mm-hmm. And information doesn't do that. Revelation does that. And I believe that God speaks through each other. Absolutely. He can speak through our pastors. He can speak through the church community. I am proponent for all of that. But I really believe the greatest way he can speak to us and changes is through his word. Mm-hmm. And you know, establish her wants to see women in particular come alive because the scripture has come to life to them. And, um, and so that's kind of the background of establish her a little bit and just kind of what we, what we do. We believe in the scripture. We, I teach the scripture verse by verse and, you know, and I think Lindsay has even noticed that sometimes anybody that comes to an establisher realizes we're going to be flipping all over the book. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to be in the old Testament, the new Testament and see it all together and how it fits. Um, because it's, it is alive. It's not a closed dead book written by men. It is breathed by God. 16 makes that even, even clear, you know, all scripture is God breathed, um, and inspired. It's not just informational. It's inspired. It's like alive and passionate. Um, for certain aspects of our life, for every aspect of our life. So my heart's been for that scripture, gosh, for almost 20 years. I came to the Lord as a young girl and fell in love with the scripture. I I really believe the more you need the scripture, the more you love it. And there was a season in my life in 2005 where I needed God's word more than just what I had memorized on three by five card. I needed his word like food. And Jesus calls himself the bread of life. And sometimes I think he uses pain. I think he uses loss and a lack of something to then reveal to us our need for him to fill it. And so his word entered my life, though, like Lindsay, I, I had some information about his word for sure. I mean, I did grow up in an amazing home here in the South with a pastor as a father, and I did understand conceptually the word of God. And honestly, if you were to ask me, I went to, I went to a Christian school, I went to a Christian university. I loved God's word, but my love for God's word before Establisher was ever even born exploded when my need for God's word exploded through a very dark season of my life in 2005. And little did I know an entire ministry would would be birthed out of that. And hundreds of women now across the country would be impacted by passion for scripture um, because of this little girl's life. So it's really humbling Um, another layer has been added now to me after I came into some information about scripture. And, um, as much as I love the word of God, I really don't feel like I knew a lot about Bible translation. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I just kind of took for granted that frankly, I have probably eight to 12 different versions of the Bible in my house alone. And I love that, Um, but I came to some information through an organization based out of Texas, actually, um, 
that everybody doesn't have the scripture. And I, I think we realize that if we really are honest, I think we understand that third worlds exist and that not everybody is in America and not everybody is born into this information about God. But I did not understand the urgency and the desire in particular in women's hearts in certain areas of our world that are a bit forgotten in that they want the Bible. They want the word of God um, more than just a leather bound book. They want truth. They want to encounter the true way, the truth and the life. And when we know the truth, what happens? We're set free. And that's what these women expressed. And so the Seed Company is an organization that's based in Dallas with some offices here in Atlanta. I got uh, introduced to them through some very dear friends, and this birthing vision of Esther's Garden was born uh, a few months ago, and it's been birthing in my heart for about a year. But the vision for this night um, took place um, just a few months ago when I realized, you know what, not everybody has the access we have, and not everybody has the excess we have. And this idea came into my heart about, well, what if? What if we could be a part of funding people that have never had access to scripture in our generation? What if we could do that? And by myself, that seems impossible. And even with Establish Her, that seems impossible. But with all of you, with the network and the reach that we all have, and if you love the word of God and have some sort of base of understanding of it, how powerful would it be for you to join a movement of giving and praying towards the end of women in Ethiopia getting scripture for the first time? Um, so I kind of wanted to ask Lindsay a couple questions, and I know she probably has a couple questions for me, but the first one is, what, if anything, have you ever heard of or thought about with biblical translation? Like, have you ever really even thought about it or known much about it? Yeah, I mean, not really, you know, I mean, you know, I hate to say I'm a naive American, but, but a little bit, like you said, I've always had Bibles, you know, I've always had them sitting up on a shelf and almost looked at them like this ancient, like, beautiful thing, this antique that I shouldn't touch. And until I, you know, started with Establisher and you were like, no, you should mark in your Bible, hmm. you know, you should write in your Bible, you, you know, and every, you know, I would see your Bible and it was kind of all highlighted and torn, you know, kind of torn up because you, I mean, it was like life to you. And, um, yeah, I can't imagine not having it. So I, you know, to answer your question specifically, I've heard of like Bible translation, you know, companies, and I knew they did that. But I never understood what you're now talking about with the oral translation. Mm -hmm. That's new to me. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be really cool to share with the community of, like, what specifically you guys are going to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I think a lot of us that have had some sort of understanding of biblical translation think of it as Wycliffe, which is probably the most well-known name in that facet. Um, I've always understood it as, you know, a very long process that's that's really dedicated as a life. It's a lifestyle for people that live in a community, learn an alphabet, write down an alphabet, take chapter by chapter, and begin to translate that word for word to keep accuracy and to keep in line with what God's word says into that language. And that's an amazing effort. But the seed company was actually born out of Wycliffe in order to accelerate that process. Because when you think about it, from now what we know there are about 1700 people groups left on earth that have not that have not heard of Jesus that do not have access to God's word um, 
and Jesus, and I believe the scripture teaches this, but God is patient and he is waiting for everyone to have the chance to at least hear his name, that they might call upon him and be saved. Mm. And, and frankly, I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to come back. I want him to come back quicker every day. You turn on the news and I just want him to come back. And for him to come back to some degree, because he is a good God, full of mercy and compassion and truth and patience, everybody has to have a chance to hear. And in Romans, I believe it's Romans chapter 10, it says, how can they believe if they have not heard? How, how can they call upon the name and believe of Jesus if they haven't even heard? And so I think for, for us and for the seed company, they got that and they realized, well, we want to be a part of them hearing then in order that they might believe, in order that Jesus' name might ring out with the ultimate goal that he would come back and rescue his bride. Um, and so this was born. The seed company vision was born. Um, they did a pilot project in India that was unbelievably successful where they, they actually targeted women um, based on their organizations and partners on the ground that were hungry to know the truth. These are not hostile uh, women. They're, they're smart, though different cultures don't give them the credit they, they would like. They're smart and they want truth. And so this was unbelievably successful. It's called the Esther's Initiative in India where they got um, translation in heart languages to women in particular in India and had some, um, some very influential women of the faith to come alongside of that and carry that mantle. Well, because it was successful, there was another group that popped up on the radar in this 1700 people groups without scripture and it's in Ethiopia. And there's four areas of Ethiopia, and I want to make sure I say them right. Um, it's four kind of native tongues or bush, bush languages um, in Ethiopia that don't have scripture. Uh, they're called the Ari, the Biscato, the Gafa, and the Melo peoples. And so they're, they're based in the southern tip of Ethiopia. And they came on the seed companies, and, and what the vision is would be to do an oral storytelling translation, which is what Lindsay was referencing. A lot of us think of written, and that being the only way. Well, not all of these cultures, and in fact, 70% of these cultures left without the Bible are all oral storytelling cultures. America's not like that. We are a very intelligence-based, you know, very literate-based country. That is not how everybody functions, especially when you get into third world. They are, they don't have alphabets. They don't know how to read. And if you're talking about women, they're never going to learn how to read. They're very, you know, high, you know, very low above cattle, basically. And, um, and so this initiative, this Esther's initiative, really has come along to say, hey, let's give the culture what they need. Yes, they need scripture, but a written form of scripture would not meet their need. They're never going to learn to read it. It would take too long to get it to them, and they don't even have an alphabet in their own language. So what if we translated stories? And I don't know about you, but I love stories. I love telling stories. And when I think about the scripture, how did Jesus teach how did he communicate to the, his followers stories? That's what he did. And even in the beginning, they didn't have Bibles. Abraham did not have a Bible. I don't know if y'all realize that, but he did not have a leather-bound Barnes & Noble book. He had stories. Moses had that. 
And then over time, through God's inspiration, they were written down, but it began as stories. And I, I do want to read this verse. It's so powerful. It's in Deuteronomy. Um, and it's really how all of Scripture began. And it really ties into this vision of the Esther's Initiative, which is the project that Esther's Garden is wanting to fund. It says this. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That part we know. But listen to this verse. It's Deuteronomy 6.6. 6. These words, God's word, which I am commanding to you today, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and daughters. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the road and when you lie down and when you rise up. You will bind these words as a sign on your hand and as frontals on your forehead. You will write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That's talking about the scripture, the word of God. Just talk about it. Sit, I mean, right now, Lindsay and I are sitting at my dining room table with Bibles open talking about the word of God. And so we want to be able to fund that, this idea of we can translate scripture oral storytelling-wise. And so there's a, there's a bit of a formula. There's 25 women that's within these four people groups. The seed company has training workshops so as to keep the accuracy to the Bible. It's not opinion and fable. It's true story. It's Jesus-centric stories from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, 40 of them in the heart language of, of these people that these women will learn and then they will learn how to tell those stories and then those stories will be recorded on what's called a proclaimer which is a 15-hour battery solar-powered speaker that can reach up to groups of 300 and that's ultimately what we're funding we want to see women we want to see all people get the scripture and fall in love with the scripture but we want to see these women have it. And then out of those women, they will then teach their children, just like the scripture says. They will then impact their husbands, impact their communities. And before long, potentially hundreds of thousands of people could be impacted with the scripture. And when I think about my life or I think about your life, Lindsay, where would we be without the scripture? Where would we be? Where would you be? Those of you who are listening, where would you be? What if you never had had access to the word of God? You know, and then think back. What was the first biblical story you remember hearing? And then who'd you hear it from? I would venture to say many of you would probably say a grandmother. Some kind of figure, some kind of person. Maybe it was a counselor. Maybe it was a friend. But at some point, we all have a bit of an echo of God's word somewhere. These women have none. They don't know his name. And I want them to come to know his name. And the greatest way to do that is to introduce them to the, to the holy living pages of his word through these stories in their language in order that they might know his name. Sarah, I love everything you're saying. It's so beautiful. I just love being sitting here in front of you and listening to you teach. Um, so tell us a little more about Esther's Garden. I know that there's a way that people can actually buy tickets and come to one of your amazing events. I've been to so many of your events, and we were even shopping earlier today. Sarah does not take events lightly. If any of you have ever been there, she is so into the details, and they are beautiful and elegant and just amazing. 
Um, so if you're in Atlanta or, or around Atlanta, you can actually come to an event. But, but for my friends, um, my new friends in Los Angeles, you know, some people, some dear people I know in Ohio that listen to this podcast, um, if they wanted to help, mm-hmm. how could they do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for those of you that are near Atlanta, August 27th, it's a two-and-a-half-hour night um, here at downtown Atlanta, at Trees Atlanta to be specific. It's $35 for a ticket. Of course, we'd love to have you. We've definitely got a few spots left. Um, most likely it will sell out, so we would encourage you to buy a ticket and get yours now. Um, you can go to estersgarden.info to actually find out more about the evening itself as well as purchase the ticket but for those of you that aren't in Atlanta um, we're sad you're not I'll say that Um, but you can definitely help us Um, first off I believe in prayer I believe the scripture validates prayer and I believe that James is true when he says the, the prayers of the effective the prayers of the righteous are effective and can accomplish much and so I would ask you very specifically to pray that the seed company's initiative, their vision behind this project would be completed, that their team would be accurate, that their team would be on the ground and sensitive and quick in getting the scripture to these women that are desiring it. That would be the first thing. The second thing um, would be pray, pray for Esther's garden. Pray that we do fill that room with people that have a heart for God and a heart for his word, that they might join in the vision um, and for our team putting it on. And thirdly, to really pray for the funding, and that's kind of the second part, how you can help and you can give, is you, you can give. Um, it's, it's going to the seed company. Um, we have a goal in mind, and so we know God is a God of abundance. He's a God of more. He's a God of doing things beyond what we can imagine. And so, yes, we have a goal, and we would love for you to help us reach that goal. Um, financially, we'd love to, to raise a minimum of $5,000. Um, and so if you feel like in any amount, you can be a part of that. It's very easy. You can go to estersgarden.info up in the right-hand corner and click give. Um, and that, that, that will be a huge part of seeing this project to completion. Our goal is to get it completely funded um, with the leftover remaining amount by 2018. There's a variety of per- partners on this project. There's a variety of churches all over the country. And Establish Her and our networks and even Josh and I personally are invested into this project to see these women get scripture. Um, I had a meeting this week with a lady, and I'll never forget what she said. She said the two most valuable things that we could ever be a part of that are lasting is the word of God and the souls of men. And this is a project that actually combines those two things. The word of God can save the souls of men. What better gift could you give than the living word of God to save the soul of somebody? And I think that's so powerful. Um, I know Establish Her, I know the women that have come to a lot of our Bible studies and retreats and, and gatherings have been impacted by the word of God, but now it's time to not just hoard the love of God, but to give it. And you can't give what you first haven't received. And so we would love for you to partner with us. We need your help. We can't do it without you. Um, We need you to give and to come. And we're so excited for what the Lord has in store. So 
yeah, I hope that answered your question, Lindsay. Yep, that was amazing. That was great. I'm excited. I'm excited to give. I'm sad I won't still be here, but um, that's okay. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I'm really not about that. So thank you. Well, you're part of the journey for sure. Um, I'm just going to pray and just trust that your heart is moved, that you have a love for the scripture. And if you don't yet, I would so encourage you to come um, to Esther's Garden. If you're here, I would encourage you to listen to this podcast, to join in even on our gatherings on Mondays. We record those because I really fully believe you will encounter the word of God. And when you do, your life will be changed and passion will be born and Jesus will become your life. So Heavenly Father, we just commit to you um, everything. We commit to you women and faces that we don't know yet. We don't know their stories, but we know that they want to know you. And we know your word is really the only way that's going to happen fully. And so we want to be a part of gifting the greatest treasure, a treasure that is more powerful than silver and gold to these women. I pray that you would use me, that you would use Establisher, that you would use the friends of Establisher, that you would use our nation of generosity, that you would use people that have listened to this, even these last 20 or 30 minutes. Use us. Use whatever small amount we have, just like the widow's might. She gave a penny, but because she gave it with an invested heart, it was more than the other person who gave incredibly different amount. And so I just ask God that you would mobilize people that you would cause a revival to happen over your word, that we here in America would not take for granted what we have, that we wouldn't just let the excess of it and the access of it um, be in one ear and out the other. I pray that our scriptures won't collect dust on shelves. Like Lindsay said, that, that they won't be unopened because they're, they're archaic and they're ancient. I pray that the scripture revival would happen and that we would fall in love with your word again. The more we fall in love with it, the more we see the need for women to have it, for men to have it, for everybody to have access to it. So we ask you to bless the efforts of the seed company who are on the ground, ready and willing to do this, to translate these stories, to train these women, to record them. I pray that you would bless the efforts of Esther's Garden as this fundraiser event to, to rally people around this, this incredible movement where the word of God intersects the souls of men. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate who you are, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen.